Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 361. Do your best in life, be honest, and treat others like you'd like to be treated. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Sam Linville. Sam, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. All right. Great to have you here. Sam Linville is a photographer who lives in San Jose, California, where he shoots all kinds of subject matters, but automobiles are close to his heart. He's driven race cars at both Laguna Seca and Sears Point and loves to ride motorcycles, but most of the time you find him behind the lens shooting cars at racing venues and shows, and Sam's also a fan of the outdoors and capturing nature while enjoying some time surrounded by beauty. Sam, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Okay, uh, I've had a really eclectic past. I've probably done everything you can imagine, starting work eight or nine years old, mowing lawns, shoveling snow, earning money. I've dug ditches, worked on assembly lines, owned my own small business called House of Porsche, which was an independent Porsche parts and accessory store, uh, managed a couple of small businesses for other people, and worked in electronics, and now I'm semi-retired, I would say, uh, but a full-time photographer. It's very cool. You know, we met down at Rensport, I believe, is where we encountered each other this past year, uh, shooting all the wonderful Porsches that were down there. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to have a guy who loves cars on Cars Yeah and learn a little bit more about your life. But first, as we continue on this journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Sam, take the wheel. Okay, I thought about this long and hard. I have no single inspirational quote whatsoever. What I was brought up to do was to try to you know, be yourself, be honest, be ethical, help other people. And if you live by that, I think you're in the right direction. There's no one quote that I know of that will cover how to live a good life. Oh, absolutely. Well, maybe you can share a little bit of how you've incorporated that philosophy that you were taught into what you do for a living now as a photographer. 
I struggle with photography because it's not just a business. It's art. It's you're completing a you're completing a, a, a product for, for a client that's different each and every time. And I will stress to get the best quality product I can. I offer my clients, if you don't like it, don't pay for it. I think it's just the honesty and the ethics. The concept of, oh, it's good enough, doesn't apply. It doesn't matter whether I've committed to do a job for $100, $1,000, or $10,000. I will put the best effort I can for that client, irrespective of how much money the client is giving me. And I try to do that through my life. Well, it's a great way to behave in life, but also in business, you talked about owning your own businesses and running other people's businesses. And if you conduct yourself that way with your entrepreneurial ship ways of having a company, uh, your customers will keep coming back to you all the time. So great way to go through life. Would you share part of your automotive journey with us and share a story that instigated your passion for cars? You've had cars in your life for a long time, but is there a pivotal moment that you remember when you really realized you were a car guy? I don't know if there was a single moment, but I can remember as a small child, my dad worked for Ford Motor Company, and he got a ride to work every day with a coworker. And this coworker had hot rods. <laughs> cool. No muffler. Oh, so gosh. when he came in the morning to pick dad up, you could hear that car roar. Wow. And I just remember that. And when he came home, I'd run out to look at the car and, and you know, it, and I, and he'd burn out the tires leaving the place. And uh, I was just enthralled with that as, as a small child. And I think that was kind of the start, if you will. You know, I can't imagine going to work every day in a hot rod. Your dad must have come home smelling like gasoline every night of being in those cars. But uh, very cool. Yeah, it was very interesting. The whole neighborhood knew knew when my dad was coming and going because of the, the, the his coworker who gave him a ride. But that was kind of my start, if if you will. My first car was a 1950 Ford. Cool, very cool. You know, I earned money to buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sam, what I'd love to do now is crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. This is an important part of Cars Yeah because it helps others who are facing challenges learn how to overcome them and it teaches them something. So how did you overcome your particular situation? What was it and what did you learn from it? Again, that's a really difficult question. I've had a lot of, like all people, we've had a lot of issues and problems that come into your life. Uh, major problems I've had is divorce. Those are not fun. Anybody who's been through that understands that it can, it's not fun, and you have to work very hard to get through that and come out on the other end you know, in a positive way. So that's just an individual personal journey. Also, I had medical issues that I had to work through. Um, those are not easy either, but the idea that you keep trying. You always keep trying. You always keep going forward. I don't know how, how else to say it. The alternative doesn't, doesn't register for me of not trying and not going forward. So even though you're knocked down, even though you feel bad, there's still a part of you back there that says, okay, this is not fun. This hurts, whatever. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to go forward. And you get up and you move. 
And I think that's that's the big thing. And most of my successes, I think, in life have been little things, helping people. I'm very happy, proud, honored to be associated with many friends that, that I've helped. Um, and I think that's just a, a life thing. My philosophy in life is if you help people and friends when they need it, you know, when you need it, you, you will get it. It's not quid quo quo. It doesn't, you know, it's not equal. But if you ever need help, and human beings do, it will come if you've given. So you have to be a giver and, it's, and, and be willing to take when you need it, both. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, when you're faced with personal challenges or business career challenges, you talk about keep moving forward. So are there a couple techniques or things that you used in your life to remain positive through the, the difficult times of a divorce or serious health issues that so many people face these days? Are there a couple of tricks or a couple of things you might share with our folks of how you keep yourself positive and you keep moving forward? I think the biggest effect in my life was my time spent in the military. That taught me that I, can, I could do much, much more than I ever thought possible. I could endure more than I thought possible. So when I look at all these things, and something life throws me a curve, I will look back on that time and say, if I could get through all that, this is nothing. <laughs> yes. This is nothing. You know, let me put my military hat on and, and you know, and I'm just going to walk through this because it is nothing. Yeah. And, I, and that works for me. Sure, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thanks for your service to our country. What branch of the military were you in? Uh, United States uh, Army Special Forces. Oh, so you jumped out of airplanes into oceans. I'm oh, yeah. guessing you crawled through dirt, slept in the mud, the snow. You did all that fun stuff. Yes, actually. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, yeah. Anyone who could get through Special Forces training, much less all the things that you have to do, uh, I can see how that was a great help. Well, once again, I appreciate your service to our country. That's fantastic. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Well, I think when it comes to photography, it real briefly ended up working for a company, got a big bonus. And I'd always been interested in photography from way back when. Always had that interest, but never was able to either afford it, have the time, to get involved with it. So I finally got involved with it. I finally went out and just spent what was a, I thought was the big bucks at that time, which was actually nothing, and bought a, ca a digital camera. And I could teach myself. I'm self-taught in many things I do. I could teach myself on the computer. And I thought I'd just do this as a little hobby. But it just kept growing and growing and growing. And the idea that I can see something that Maybe you don't, or, or someone else doesn't see the world the way I do. But I can capture that, and I can develop that and print it and say, look, here's how I see the world. This is something I saw. And that's a joy when people see it, and they appreciate it, and they like it. And they say, oh, that's really beautiful. Um, you know, it reminds me of this or that, or I have this emotion. That is very, very re rewarding. And somewhere along there, I had that, that, I don't know if it was an instant, I just kept going further and further and further until now, that's what I do. Yeah, well, it sounds like what happened there is you found a passion, right? I think I've always had passions, but 
being eclectic, they, I, they, they go for, you know, I was in racing for a long time, you know, that I had motorcycle, you know, I have the photography and I approached them all pretty much the same wholeheartedly. And I don't lose the others. I still have it, you know, but I can't participate in all of them at the same time. Sure. Absolutely. Well, great little golden nugget you dropped for us there. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many with all the different things you've done, but is there one in particular you could share with us today? My proudest is that I've been involved with so many good people mm-hmm. and, and maintain friendship over years and years and years. Uh, not, not, a hundred thousand, you know, not a hundred friends, small number of friends who I am loyal to, they are loyal to me. We connected and we've never lost that, that connection. You know, and um, I remember, I think one of my proudest, I had two young fellows that worked for me at House of Porsche. They knew more about about Porsches than I did, but I own the place. (laughs) And I watched them grow as human beings. And I think I helped in some small way. You know, they're all, they're very bright, very accomplished, but maybe in some small way, I helped them with a little discipline, a little bit more maturity, you know, of of getting off on, on a good start in life. And I've maintained friendships with both of those guys, and they're fantastic people. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, being a mentor, being a teacher, being a great boss for employees is so, so valuable. I mean, to both of you, really. I can tell in your voice there that uh, it was a special time for you to help those guys along, and I know it was special for them. The fact that you guys are still friends is a testament to that. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory with us about that vehicle. Well, I think my, the really special car I had was a 1956 Ford. Two-door sedan, six-cylinder. <laughs> and so I got myself a 390 V8. Uh-huh. And I took that six-cylinder out, put that you know V8 in there, put nice, nice dual mufflers on it, and it had overdrive, so it's essentially a six-speed. And uh, it was very quiet and very nice, and, it, and in those days, people were always kind of little, doing a little uh, drag racing on the streets, and it surprised the heck out of everybody, because there you are sitting there in a nice little quiet car, you know, <laughs> and it's a little six-cylinder sign, you know, and when you took off, you just blew their doors off. Yeah. <laughs> So that was that was a fun, fun car. Sounds like it, for sure. Now, those kids out there listening, no racing on the streets, all right? We're not endorsing that. It's a different that. world now. Different it, world it now. different world. In those days, everybody, you know, we were pinching pennies. We bought the things ourselves. We had to learn how to do whatever needed to be done on the cars ourselves. Sure. We didn't have the money to go down and hand it to a garage and say, hey, can you put a big V8 in there? Yeah, give me 500 horsepower. Well, we'll save that fun for the track, for sure. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go, that you've owned, that you really wish you had back in your garage? Two of them. Two? Oh, okay. (laughs) Very moderate cars, okay? These aren't exotic. I had a 1956 Buick. Oh. Perfect condition when I bought used. This little old lady story, because I knew her, she lived around the block. It, was, it had air conditioning, it had power steering, it had everything that, that the kids in my day, we didn't have. Automatic trans, it was gorgeous. If I could have that back, I loved that car. Which model Buick was that? I'm trying to remember. I 
don't even remember the model. I'm trying to think 56, what would have been uh, a popular car then. But, uh, well, we'll chew on that. You said there was a second one. My race car. Oh, okay. 914.4. If I could have, I was very sorry I ever had, I sold it. I wish I had, whether I ever drove it again, I wish I had it in the garage in the same condition it was when I sold it. That was one of the cleanest, well-prepared SCCA race cars out there. Nice. Might not have been the absolute fastest, but it was clean, professionally prepared, well-maintained, no grease, no dirt, no specs, nothing. Um, That was from the military. Nice. Everything perfect. Had a checklist. You know, every time you raced it, every every nut and bolt that needed to be checked was torqued and checked. As it should be on a racetrack. Well, in a streetcar too, but especially on a racetrack. Well, in in those days, the SCCA racers weren't, and and maybe even today, weren't quite that diligent. Yeah, I came in from a vintage racing event once, and the uh, guy, the mechanic helping me, stuck his head in and he said, hey, you're the first guy who's come back with more parts than when he left. And I said, what do you mean? And this huge bolt had come off another car and embedded itself in the nose of my Lola T2, oh. T290. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I could have had a Masa moment there and have it embed itself in my face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure all those bolts and fasteners are torqued properly before you go out on the track. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on today that really has you excited and fired up? My project right now is getting ready for another road trip. Okay, I took a road trip once across the United States from California all the way to Florida, up the East Coast, into Canada, over the Great Lakes, back into here, Yellowstone. That was on my Harley. Oh, really? Oh, cool. And um, that was a that was a great trip and a great way to see America. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm getting ready. I want to do another one, but not on a Harley this time. <laughs> I have a little travel trailer. Put the camera gear in there. Visit friends. Take pictures. And I think my passion right now is trying to excel in my photography in all areas of my photography. And I'm not really a specialist, but and I want to do more race photography. I haven't done as much as I like. Fortunately, I was able to connect up with Victory Lane Magazine in 2011. Okay. It was able to uh, provide and get me um, media credentials to Rensport and Porsche Rensport 4 yeah. at Lepinaseca. And okay. I enjoyed that so much and went out and did a couple of regional races and so forth. But then they were, they were kind enough to get me the, you know, allow me to shoot for them and, and provide uh, media uh, credentials for uh, Rensport 5. And for a photographer, the media credentials is everything. You have to get close to the track or you can't get the images. Right. Okay. And when you're perfecting things, it'll take another couple of races to really get perfection. I got the same credentials. And I know on your website, you took a lot of great shots, action shots that our guests can find on your website uh, at Rensport 5. Uh, it was really fun. It's the first time I've been able to get that close out around the track and and watch the cars up close and personal. So, uh, yeah, those credentials are absolutely imperative. That's cool. But your your road trip sounds like a lot of fun. I think you're going to come back with a lot of really great images. Oh, I, I sincerely hope so. My my, If you can get one great image out of an event, I'm usually happy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, good ones are pretty easy to get, actually. Mm-hmm. But one great image, that, that's hard to get. And I'm glad you enjoyed the images at, at that. And if people want to see it, 
give my website number. Absolutely. We'll do that at the end of the show here. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Sam. If you were a car, what kind of car would Sam be and why? 1949 Kaiser. Now, that's the first time anybody on the show has been a 1949 Kaiser. You had that all figured out. So what is it about the Kaiser (laughs) that says Sam? The Kaiser is not pretentious. I'm not pretentious. It's not real pretty. I'm not a real pretty guy. (laughs) Um, it, It has no royal pedigree, but it's built solid and strong and will continue to go and do its job. I love that. See, that's why that's a great question. It always brings out a wonderful message for our listeners to tell them a little bit more about how you perceive yourself. Very nice. You're the first Kaiser. You're on cars. Yeah, I like that. So Sam, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYEAH.com sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Sam, we're entering the last lap. You've been a racer. You know what this means. The white flag is out. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? No, but we'll continue anyway. (laughs) What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? I thought about this. I don't have any. I'm blank on that one. Zero. Zero. Now, hasn't there been anybody at the racetrack that gave you a little piece of advice, how to go faster? Maybe someone that was helping you in your learning? Yes. I knew there would be. Yes. (laughs) Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom Green from Automotion. Oh, okay. You know him. Yes. Oh, you do? Okay. I do, yeah. 
When I first got involved with Porsches, I had a 911 and started autocrossing because that looked like fun. And I was a wild man. I mean, I was throwing that 911 around there. I was picking that front wheel off a foot or two off the ground, making turns, sliding it all over the place, going slower than snot. <laughs> and, and Tom took me aside, and he had, he had been a senior person within the Porsche Club, and took me aside and said, you know, he says, if you would just let me help you and slow down for the next couple of events, I want you to go slow and, and, and ride with me and, and listen to what I'm saying, you will go faster. So slowing down, paying attention to technique, that's what Tom gave me. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful suggestion. And the first time I started doing lapping days before I started racing vintage cars, that's exactly what my instructor told me was go slow first. And then you can pick up speed as you go along and you do get faster. Does work. So great. I knew there's something in there in your past, and Tom was the guy who helped you. That was great. Yep, you pulled and you pulled it out of me. There you go. I did my job. Yes. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Paying attention to details. Mm. Planning. Getting everything set either on paper or in your mind and planning for everything you can conceivably think of. That really is the way to go about any project that you're approaching or job or even in life if you're going to take a vacation. Plan what you're going to put in the suitcase. Otherwise, you're going to get there and say, hey, I don't have this or that. I've had a lot of photographers here on Cars, yeah, and I've had several prominent photographers that have said just that, that in their mind's eye, they knew what the shot was going to be before because they planned for it. They prepared for it. So. Very important. Be prepared. Isn't there a Boy Scout motto somewhere in there? I think yes. so. <laughs> I think so. Do you have a resource that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? I think, you know, if there were a resource that you could contact, I don't have a company because I I, I'm not involved directly with the automotive and the, and the restoration, and, you know, directly with the racing and the people involved in the vendors, um, just, from, just from my photography standpoint now. Um, if there was an individual... I, I'd mentioned Lou Kent's anything in Porsches. This is the guy to call, and he does fine arts, fine art prints, and he's and he does historic racing, and and uh, and he gets involved with scrutineering. In fact, he was a scrutineer at the Porsche Rennsport uh, Reunion Five, and this would be a guy if, if somebody said, "Hey, I got a vintage Porsche, or just a vintage racing car, and I have some tech questions or restoration questions or anything like that." The guy is super knowledgeable. Well, and I know you're helping me get Lou on Cars Yeah here. So, Lou, if you're listening, let's get together and talk about what you're doing. Great resource there, great company that he's got. So, Sam, is there a book that you think our Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy reading? The Liberal Mind, The Psychological Causes of Political Madness, Lyle H. Roster, Jr., M.D. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm sorry uh, if it's not politically correct. As a quick note, I do enjoy reading, and I read, I, I read a fair number of books. I tend not to remember all of them. The other book I would I, – now that you're, you're dragging it out of me, um, the other book I thought was great was The, uh, the Killing of Patent, and that was by um, Bill O'Reilly. And he's got a great series of books. It's a great read if, if you're you – know, Yeah, you like history, history. History, yeah, definitely great history books, absolutely. 
Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to these great resources that Sam has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Sam Alinville. All right, Sam, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm writing the check, what would that one vehicle be and why? I think that would be a 1954 Lincoln Continental Mark II. Ooh, now that's interesting. First time a Lincoln Continental Mark II has been suggested. So what is it about that car that tugs on your heart? It's everything the Kaiser isn't. (laughs) It's got pizzazz. It's got class. It's classic. There's nothing not to like about that vehicle. Beautiful, beautiful cars. Absolutely. I I, uh, had the pleasure of being at a photo shoot with one of those cars once. Crawl around it and look inside and see how it was all put together. Great choice. What color would you choose? Black. Black. I thought you'd say that. You know, I'm choosing cars from probably my youth. Oh, of course. But they're also, they were semi-affordable in those days. And as a collector vehicle, they're semi-affordable today. It's always easy to sit down and say, well, I want the latest Lamborghini. But no money aside, that would fit me and my personality, both those better than a Lamborghini. Although I'd love to take one for a spin. I'm sure you would. Wouldn't we all? (laughs) Great cars. Well, Sam, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 54 Lincoln Continental? Do your best in life. Be honest and treat others like you'd like to be treated. Pretty simple. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, see your work, and learn more about your business? Visit my website, Sam. LinvillePhotography.com. Very simple. Very simple. And I would encourage our listeners to check it out. You can check out all the photography that Sam does. You'll see a very broad range of different subject matters that he shoots behind the lens. Fantastic work. And you can find links to everything Sam has shared with us today. Again, at Carshout, just put Sam in the search box. His show notes page will pop right up with links to everything. Sam, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I'm extremely honored. It's been all my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!